When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. First Serve Tennis Sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis. At sunblessunscreens.com.au And GLG Greenlife Group. Your open space specialists at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to the first serve right across the SEN radio network. Always good to be with you on a Monday night. Brett Phillips is my name. The next hour, like every Monday, 8 o'clock, we talk the world of tennis and we'd love you to be a part of the conversation as always. Domestically, internationally, grassroots, whatever you want to talk about, you can set the tennis agenda as always, one 736 736 is the number. Or you can get us on the Tennis Direct text, 0433981116, Australia's favourite online tennis store. They've got fast delivery, great prices, free delivery on orders over 150 bucks. So just go to their website, tennisdirect.com.au right now. First serve listeners, you can get a 10% discount store-wide. But we would love your calls tonight and everyone is guaranteed a prize. Thanks to Sunbless Sunscreens, their first serve tennis sunscreen. We've got plenty of that to give away, designed specifically for tennis. You can order yours at sunblessunscreens.com.au. Use that discount code SEM. Also, we've got Australia's hype sneaker label, Athletican. They're, of course, sneakers tonight at the value of $129, available exclusively online at A-T-H-L-E-T-I-K-A-N.com. So, Everyone gets a prize uh, tonight if you call in. Anything you want to discuss in the world of tennis, one 736 736 There's a lot going on at the moment. We've come off a, a big week of action. We're going to recap all the winners, how the Aussies have gone. And closer to home here in Australia, the Australian Clay Court Championships for the juniors. And a famous surname who maybe one day, you never know, he might follow in the footsteps of his father. But... That's for uh, that's for time going forward. At the moment, he's got a lot of potential, but you don't want to build it up uh, too much. And tonight, we'll also hear from a legend in tennis coaching because he's coming back for another stint after guiding one of the greatest players to have ever played the game. But let's start by going down the winners list, and we start with the great Spaniard Pablo Carino Busta. And what a way to finish it. Always a wonderful moment, no matter what you've been able to achieve in the game. When you enter the winner's circle on the ATP World Tour. His 200th win and a fifth career title. All of that hard work pays off. It is her day. Veronica Kudamatova, a class apart in Charleston. 
a third Russian winner at this prestigious event in South Carolina. And she has played some dazzling tennis to sweep past everybody. She's not dropped a set all week. That is the way to stand above the rest. A first WTA singles title and a day she will remember. He's done it. Sonigo simply sensational in Sardinia. What a comeback. His second career title, his first on the clay. And Italy finally has an Italian champion on Italian soil for the first time in 15 years. The Cinderella story is complete. Maria Camilla Osorio Serrano wins her first ever WTA Tour title in her home country of Colombia. She becomes just the third Colombian to win this event after Fabiola Zuluaga and Mariana Duque Mourinho. A quite remarkable week for the wild card who has been cheered on every single step of the way by this raucous home support. Indeed, there was a lot of raucous uh, home support. Some big winners, uh, big moments. Anytime you are a winner on the ATP Tour, the WTA Tour, down to uh, the ITFs, to lift a trophy is prestigious. For a lot of players, it doesn't come every week. You lose more often than you win in uh, professional tennis. We'll get to the live action in just a moment in beautiful Monte Carlo. It's normally blue skies and sunny. If it rained the last little half hour or so, and uh, the players uh, with a couple of Australians featuring, John Millman and uh, Alex uh, Demonor, at different stages of their matches. Millman 6-3 in the first over Uga Humber, uh, first round in Monte Carlo, uh, the start of the well, the first uh, Masters 1000 clay court event for the year. Alex Demonor dropping the first set to Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, uh, the Spaniard, uh, six games to uh, four. So we'll keep an eye on that. And how about the other matchup for a first round? Aslan Karatsev, who we've been singing his praises, had an incredible year what he's done, uh, taking on Musetti, this young Italian who, like Yannick Sinner, is in the top 100 and flying both at 19 years of age. Uh, Karatsev, four games to three, but it's been a little bit of rain, so uh, the players look like they're going to be back out on court in just a moment. Let's uh, recap. You can join us at any time, one 736 736 or on the text, 0433981116. But it was uh, Cagliari in Italy, the ATP 250 over the weekend. We heard in the highlights there, Lorenzo Sonigo, a winner. By in the first round, beat Gilles Simon, Hanferman, Fritz, and Gere in the final. First Italian in 15 years to capture an ATP Tour title on home soil. His second ATP Tour title. It was, this is what we love, I, well, I love the, the clay court season. You've got to earn your wins on clay. And these two went at it hard. It was strong from the back. Some great touch going forward. And there was a few momentum shifts. But Lorenzo got there. 2-6-7-6-6-4. The Italians are making a habit of winning on the ATP World Tour. John Millman, who's live in Monte Carlo, as we said, he did make it through to the second round of that tournament before losing to Jere, who went on to make the final. Of course, Matty Ebden bowed out first round of qualies. Sonego also took out the doubles at that particular event, so he's had a very good week indeed. Pablo Carino Busta, the great Spaniard, made a couple of, well, he's made, what, one US Open semi-final? He might have made two. US Open uh, semi-finals 
He's been top 10, wins for the first time at home as well. It's pretty special when you win on home soil in a global sport where you spend more time away from home than in your own backyard. 200th tour-level victory, fifth career title. Uh, the great Bjorn Borg uh, was on court two-time. Thank you, Jack. Two-time uh, US Open semi-finalist. Bjorn Borg uh, was on court for the trophy ceremony and his son, Leo, of course, got a wild card into the qualities, was beaten comprehensively, but he's making the transition from the juniors up to uh, the seniors. So Pablo Carreño Busta had a pretty comfortable draw all the way through. He's up to 12 in the world. He beat uh, Jaume Muna, of course, a fellow Spaniard, who was, well, when the, when the next-gen final started, going back three or four years ago, he was in that eight, and he's dropped away a bit. He was just inside the top 100 coming in. Up 14 spots to 81. But the other one we're keeping an eye on, this young star from Spain who made the semifinals, Carlos Alcaraz, the 17-year-old, is already up to 118 in the world. He's been coached by Juan Carlos Ferrero, former Grand Slam champion. So to make a semifinal at an ATP 250, uh, he just keeps going in the right direction uh, from the juniors up to the Challenger circuit and now playing a few of these big sort of ATP uh, 250s. So that's what happened in Marbella, Spain over the weekend. Uh, at that same event in the doubles, uh, Luke Saville, John Patrick Smith went out in the first round. Uh, on to the Challengers, uh, split, of course, in Croatia. Uh, Blas Rola was an all-Slovenian affair. That's got to be the first time, I would say, in professional tennis. We've had two Slovenians in a final. Blas Rola defending Blas Kavcic. Remember Blas Kavcic? He was the guy in the drip against James Duckworth when it got to 46 degrees in Melbourne at the Australian Open, going back many years ago. They had to wheel out uh, Blas Kavcic. He was on the stretcher and had the drip, and he was off to hospital, and he was in all sorts of trouble. Well, Blas Roller won that final on uh, the weekend. Watched a lot of Thanasi Kokonakis and Alexander Vukic. They both made the quarterfinals of that event, uh, for Thanasi in particular, who... You know, he's certainly trying to go in the right direction, uh, encouraging to win a couple of matches. He's got to keep playing. He's in action tonight. Uh, split, they're playing again uh, as an ATP uh, challenger. So uh, let's hope Thanasi keeps going in the right direction. Matty Reid made the uh, double semi of that particular event. So he's had a very, very good year. This is a good little story as well. The other um, challenger on the weekend was in uh, Portugal, Pedro Kashin, the Argentinian who won uh, 7-6, 7-6. He actually had to play semi-final and the final on the same day. All about perseverance with this young guy. Five years five years ago, he fractured a vertebrae in his back. Um, he was in all sorts of trouble, maybe not to return to professional tennis. And he returned to the winner's circle for the first time since 2015. So that's a good story coming out of Argentina in Portugal. Harry Bouchier had a bit of a tough run, Harry, the last few weeks on the Challenger circuit. Went out first round in that particular event. Uh, on to uh, the women, of course, as we heard there in the highlights. What a week for Veronika Kuramatova, the Russian, who stormed past everyone. 6-4, 6-2, first career title. Didn't drop a set at the Charleston, of course, the WTA 500. It's a highly regarded tournament, this one, on the tour. Uh, Ash Barty has always been trying to add this to her calendar. She was able to uh, this year. Uh, the Volvo car open. Good coverage. Uh, really good little setting. And uh, well, her main scalp in the last week was defeating the former US Open uh, finalist or US Open winner, I should say, in uh, Sloane Stevens. So the first Charleston winner to have a flawless set record since Serena Williams back in 2012. And how about her opponent, Dunka Kovinic? Does anyone remember that name? 
didn't last long at the Australian Open. Ash Barty beat Kovinich in 44 minutes, a couple of bagels. We were thinking, we came on there that night thinking this will go three sets and we'll have a nice night, uh, follow Ash, and it was over in the blink of an eye. Well, she made the final, which was uh, a great effort, um, but, uh, yeah, she couldn't quite get the chocolates. In fact, for Kudamatova, her six aces in the final makes her the current ace leader on tour this season. So she went past Ash Barty, 130 to 127, and she's inside the top 30 for the very, very first time. Uh, Demi Schurz and Nicole Melika, of course, the Dutch US duo, took out the doubles of that particular event. And as we saw in the highlights there, we love a good Cinderella story. It happens quite often on tour. It happens a lot. Uh, Maria Camila Osorio Serrano of uh, Colombia. Teenage World Cup. Fought from a set and a breakdown to capture her first WTA title in front of, as you heard there, a fairly raucous crowd. 5-7-6-3-6-4. Two hours and 48 minutes. The longest final of the season. 180 she was ranked. I think she's come down to about 135 now. Lowest ranked WTA titleist since 2018. She's the fourth teenage titleist on tour this year. So we had Iga Sviantec in Adelaide. Clara Towson in Lyon and Layla Fernandez in Monterey. So she is going uh, beautifully. Just her fourth WTA main draw. Now, this was pointed out. There's a lot going on in tennis, and you do miss some things along the way. We know Astra Sharma uh, played in that tournament in the first round. And I thank uh, Sean, one of our great listeners, who actually catches our podcast from New York every single week and liaises with us on social media. And I didn't have an opportunity to watch this in in full, this match. Some of the most disastrous umpiring you could ever see. So Astra wasn't given a break of serve that she deserved. So the umpire called the score as 30-15 when it should have been love 40. Love 40. And from there, it was just one big mess. And Astra then went on to tweet, WTA supervisor said, I should learn my lesson and focus more on the score instead of my tennis in the future. She was absolutely gobsmacked, and he just dug a hole for himself, uh, that particular chair umpire. And not to say it lost Astra the match, but it was certainly a, uh, it was certainly a turning point, uh, no doubt about that. But, yeah, well done to the Colombian who uh, wins that particular event. Uh, we also should sing the praises before we go to your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six to Olivia Kadecki. She's going along beautifully. We don't want to... Um, put too much pressure and focus on her. She's a, a, a young girl, obviously, who made some uh, waves back here in February, uh, defeating Sophia Kenham, getting that opportunity to play in one of the uh, events around the Australian Open at uh, Melbourne Park. She's 18. She's 600 in the world. She spent the last three weeks in Egypt, a semi-final, followed by a final in singles over the weekend. She also made the doubles final as well, went down to the top C, but uh, she is tracking uh, very, very nicely, the Queenslander, who obviously has spent a lot of time with Ash Barty, and that is a very good thing. one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or on the text 0433981116. And the other one to mention is Sione Mendes. We're going to have a chat to Sione over the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, New South Wales girl who spends a lot of time overseas, uh, made the third round of that match, uh, that tournament in Switzerland on the ITF Tour, uh, third round from qualifying. So she's on the verge of the top 200 and uh, going okay. Joe uh, was with us in Coburg, but he's not with us. So 
We'll see if he does give us a call back. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So they are all the results uh, so far that happened across the weekend. We'll take a little break. We'll come back and just set the week up this week. As I said, we've got a lot of action going on in Monte Carlo. And, of course, uh, the women are starting to get their clay court season really ramped up uh, for the road to uh, Roland Garros. A quick break. Back with more on the first serve. First serve tennis sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Brett Phillips with you. Great to be with you on a Monday night talking the world of tennis. 1300 736 736 or on the Tennis Direct text 1116. You can call us anytime. Everyone gets a prize uh, tonight. I should just mention before I forget, congratulations to Big Grothy. He's been a big part of our journey on the first serve. He and his uh, lovely wife, uh, Brett, of course, twins across the weekend for the big fella. And put a shirt on, Grothy. What's going on there? Uh, photos galore. We put it all on our social today if you want to have a look. Mason and Parker. There you go. Born at 34 weeks in the best of hands. Sam Groth. Now with a bit more to contend with. Uh, post his uh, tennis career. Well done, Grothy. Well done to you, uh, Britt. And our congratulations from everyone at the First Serve team. So we've recapped what has happened in the last sort of seven days. Monte Carlo is no doubt the focus uh, this week. And uh, we got Alexi Popperin through qualifying last night, which was great. So he gets through to the main draw. Unfortunately, Bernard Tomic, uh, good first set, then six love in the second to uh, Caruso, the Italian, dropped away. Jordan Thompson now. I reckon I watched a, I watched a set and a half of this before uh, the matchstick guys uh, came into effect after midnight uh, last night. He was taking on Benoit Pair. We know that Benoit, the Frenchman, just is not in love with tennis at the moment. All his antics, everything going on. And Geordie took the first set. 6-4, and I thought, well, the way uh, the body language of Benoit, this will probably be over, and he'll probably just tank the second set, and he'll lose 6-4, 6-love, and it turned into an absolute dogfight. 6-7, six, 7-6, seven, seven, six, he got there, Jordan Thompson, in the end, and Benoit wasn't too fussed about being knocked out of the singles. He's got doubles to come. He'll go through that, get out of there, and move on. He's just not appreciating uh, tennis and the uh, the environment. I mean, it is disappointing, certainly in Monte Carlo, where there are uh, no crowds uh, allowed for this uh, great event in probably the most spectacular setting, to be honest, in uh, professional tennis. Um, we've got uh, Demon Allred on court taking on Davidich Fokina at the moment. 6-4, the Demon going down in the first set, one all in the second. And it looks to be a cover over that particular court. And the match uh, with the rain falling in Monte Carlo at the moment has Milman leading Humber six games to three. David Goffin got through the first round uh, last night. So interestingly for this tournament, the ATP is not requiring players to stay at the official uh, designated uh, hotels uh, during competition. That's according to uh, Massa, the Spanish newspaper. So we know that Djokovic and Medvedev, Zverev, they do reside in Monte Carlo. So they're actually letting players have the choice of actually living in um, private accommodation uh, for this particular uh, tournament. But it's, it's a good field. All the big guns are back this week. Djokovic, Nadal uh, back. Uh, no uh, no Dominic team. Uh, it's a good field, though. Uh, Djokovic will face either Ramos Finolis or uh, Sinner. Gee, that'd be a good matchup to look at if Yannick Sinner can continue his uh, winning ways. And Jordan Thompson, of course, awaiting the winner of uh, Fabio Fonini 
and Mimor Kekmanovic, who will play uh, tonight. So Tom, I'll have, sit back and have a look at that one. Unfortunately, Luke Savile went out in the doubles uh, last night, but John Pierce uh, back on tour uh, this week for the first time since the Australian Open. He and Dimonor uh, will be playing together in uh, the doubles. So we'll keep across uh, Monte Carlo. Uh, Ellen Perez and Storm Sanders will play tomorrow morning. Doubles, this is Charleston. So they've put an extra week on to the normal 500 at Charleston. Back-to-back tournaments in that part of the world, in South Carolina. Uh, Isla Tomlanovich will play tomorrow morning. She's also in that draw. Uh, great to see Storm Sanders qualify for the singles. So she just keeps building and building. I think she's up to about 170 live at the moment in the ranking. So as we've said for a number of weeks, she's the one that has got some uh, genuine upside. And Astra Sharma's also in the main draw of that particular event. We've got challenges uh, going on. Unfortunately, JP Smith didn't qualify for Serbia, but he's in the doubles there. Uh, Thanasi Kokonakis is uh, out on court at the moment in split. Alex Bolt, uh, Alexander Vukic and Mark Polmans are also uh, playing in that particular uh, tournament. And uh, hopefully Thanasi can just continue his, uh, his winning ways and go a little deeper. He's trailing three games to two in the opening set of uh, that match up against a fairly lowly ranked uh, wildcard Croatian. So hopefully he'll have the better. Uh, Matt Reed's also uh, back at it this week. And Matty Ebden's made the trip over to Orlando uh, for the ATP event over there. So he'll also play doubles in uh, that particular uh, event. I just wanted to bring you a little bit of uh, Tony Nadal. Now, Tony Nadal and Rafa, I mean, what a partnership for so long. Uncle Tony, as he was referred to, I had the pleasure of interviewing him at the Australian Open, gee, I reckon it's a decade ago now, and he was uh, he was an absolute delight. Well, Felix Auger Aliassime, the young Canadian, who's a genuine star at 20 in the world, he went after Tony Nadal. He said, I want one of the best minds to work with me. Uncle Tony said, well, come over to the Rafael Nadal Academy in Mallorca. Let's get to know each other a little bit, and let's see how it works. And they're well, they're going to come together. And Tony, after a couple of years out, he's been running the academy, was uh, not keen to tour anymore. Looks like he's going to be back on the circuit. He sat down for a chat about coming back to work with one of the hottest young players in the game. Good to, to be here again. Felix, some months ago, spoke with me, asked me if, uh, if it was possible to collaborate with him. And I decided it uh, was a good option. For me and for the Rafa Nadal Academy, for me it's a good opportunity. I was lucky all my life. I was very lucky with my nephew. I train a, a good guy, good uh, with good results. No? Results. Then uh, I think now I have uh, had the same uh, have the same possibility because Felix is a very uh, a guy with a good education, very normal. This for me is so important, and is a young that uh, has the, the possibility to become a very good tennis player. But I am happy that I can uh, work with him. It sounds it really does sound that that is as important to you. Not only his his talent as a player, but also his his mentality and, and his his sort of uh, what a good young man he is. That seems as important as, as his abilities on the court. For me, always uh, it was the same. Uh, when I started to, to be tennis coach in the small country in Manacor, always I wanted to help the, the youngs to improve. For me, it's not a thing about to have a talent, a big talent or not. It's, it's a thing about to improve, to have the man- mentality to try to improve every day. 
This is what I have done with Rafael all my all the years that I was with him since he was three years old. Never I thought too much with the opponents. I thought always with to improve all the abilities in the game, and this is what I will try to do with with Felix. At the end, is a thing about to work. Is a thing about to have a personal satisfaction of our work. Then the the results, the the goals came. Will come or not? I don't know. But at least we have to work hard to try to to be a better player every day. So, so Felix obviously came to the academy, didn't he, late last year? When he came to the academy last year, was this a possibility that that he may ask you to be the coach, or was this all a surprise after he came no, to the academy? No, he asked me. They talked with me if uh, was po- it was possible to work with him, and I said, please come uh, here in the Rafa Nadal Academy some uh, days, and then you can see if uh, what I say is is good for you or not, because maybe you go in a in a line and I go in another line, no? And he came there with his team uh, for 10 days and then I were with him these days and uh, at the end uh, he decided to work uh, together. And I, I have to say, I found a wonderful uh, team with uh, correct, uh, the, the coach Fred is a, a very good guy. Uh, then Felix, a very good guy. For me, it was easy to, to decide to, to work with him. And I am here and I, I want to say again, I am very happy. What are Felix's main strengths as a player and what areas do you think he could still have improvement? Everyone can improve. All the, uh, this is what uh, I want to say the first. Everyone has uh, good things and not too bad things, but not too good enough no and we have to know and in my in my mind always i said the same uh, to improve is always necessary and to improve is always possible when you work when you make something and you love what uh, you are doing the normal thing is to improve for me it's unbelievable to make the same today than uh, tomorrow or yesterday the same time today. No, the normal thing is to improve a little. I think he can improve a lot in his performance in uh, play courts. It's normal. He's is uh, more uh, on hard court. Uh, he play better with uh, his serve. I think we have to improve everything at the end. Uh, a little uh, the forehand, a little the backhand, a little the how to go to, to the net. It's not only this, it's to improve the game in general. To do now or, or in this point or in this moment, I know at the end the difference is the mentality. When You have to be very strong. Today is difficult. We are in a difficult moment in tennis uh, for the youngs because there are many good youngs. There are 10, 12, very good. Then Felix has to be one of these. Uh, guys, and then when I played there, when I am one of these, I, I am good enough for to win something special. I think all the life uh, is what I I did with Rafael. All the life, every year, we have to improve something. When we arrive in the ATP Tour, 
Rafael has a lot of power, he runs a lot, he has a very good forehand, not too good <laughs> or very bad uh, serve. The backer was good, normal, every year. He understands a little better the game, every year the, the backhand was a little better, the volley was a little better, he can do some drop shots, then it's normal. Uh, Felix is young, he's, uh, he's very young, then in my opinion he has to two years, in two or three years to improve. Uh, finally then, uh, obviously you had so many years on tour with, with, with Rafa. I know you work with other players obviously back at the academy, but does it feel strange to be on tour working with a different player after all those years? Yes, for me it's a little strange because uh, always when uh, I talk, uh, never I talk uh, of myself like a tennis coach. I was uh, a professor of tennis, you know, uh, because I worked with Rafael the same when he was three, three years now. When he was six, seven, eight years old, then when he was here on the, on the ATP tour. was the same rules, the same values, always. I wanted in my life, I wanted always to prepare my nephew for the future. Never I thought in the, in the present. When I remember when he won the first... Uh, a Spanish championship when he was 11 years old, he won, and what I did, I, uh, I called to the Spanish Tennis Federation if it uh, were possible to send me the list of the last 25 tennis champions in the same age than Rafael. Then I read, the, in the, uh, they sent me the paper and I read these uh, names, and I said, good, do you know him? No, a Spanish champion like you, then this one we know, then we have 25% of possibility to become, to become a, a good tennis player, no? This is our possibility. I did this when Rafael was 11. When he won the first Roland Garros, I did the same. And I said, before you, this one, this one won the first Roland Garros. And they finished only with one. You have to decide where you want to be in the future. Or in this group that uh, won more, or in this group that they only won one. You decide. All, all my life I did the same. You decide where you want to be. And uh, this is what, uh, what uh, I have in my mind. Uh, I don't think uh, in the present, never. For this reason, when I talk with him, with Felix, I told you have to think in the future. You have to think how you have to play in uh, two years, in three years. And we have to build this player. And you have to work hard. You have to know that what uh, you are looking for is very difficult. To be one of the best in the world is always difficult. But never to be afraid. Because I, I think we, you can uh, achieve the goals when you are prepared, when you are willing to work hard every day. And this is what I have done all my life. Uncle Tony, as he's always been affectionately referred to, uh, he and Rafa, what a partnership for uh, for so long. He's coming back to the tour with one of the hot young guns, uh, Felix Auger, alias the Canadian, who 
He's set for a, a terrific career, trying to get from 20 down to world number one. That's uh, that's pretty tough. Uh, Hume Tennis and Community Centre, they're one of Australia's premier tournament and training venues, 15 minutes from Melbourne Airport. It's a beautiful setup. It's a mini Melbourne park, ideal for the travelling coaching groups and families. Check out their website, humetennis.com.au. They've got 16 ITF-sized courts and accommodation on site as well. Plenty more to come. We'll check in and tell you a bit more about Cruz Hewitt next on the First Serve. First Serve Tennis Sunscreen, a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to The First Serve. Good to be with you on a Monday night. Brad Phillips in the chair. Fellas, love the show, but six-plus minutes of Uncle Tony's a bit much. I... Look, I thought it was worth bringing you all of Uncle Tony. We actually trimmed that down. He actually spoke for about 20 minutes in uh, Monte Carlo. He's got a lot of great things to say. Obviously, there's a bit of the language barrier at times. Uh, but he, if he can work his magic and take Felix Auger, Eliasim, to the next level, which is top 10, and then we'll see what happens uh, beyond that. There are no guarantees. Uh, it'll be a, a coaching masterclass. Uh, guys, do we know when Kyrgios is coming back to tour? I don't. I saw he was on the withdrawals for Barcelona. So... Not 100% sure. Maybe my next guest might know. But we're going to talk to him about Australia's most promising under-12 and under-14 juniors who competed in Canberra at the Australian Junior Clay Court Championships uh, across uh, the last week in the singles championship, Cruz Hewitt from Victoria. And Talia Kokinas of Queensland claimed the 12 and under titles. Uh, Charlie Camus of ACT, Lily Taylor of Queensland, won the under-14 age groups. The tournament director, Francis Sawyer, has been good enough to join us for a few minutes tonight. Francis, always good to have you on the first serve. No, thanks for having me on, Brett. It's good to chat obviously, uh, about junior tennis. In, indeed. In yeah, obviously a lot of interest around uh, the, the name, uh, Cruz Hewitt, and that's to take nothing away from the other achievements, and we'll talk about all of that. But um, we might just have a quick listen uh, this will sound very, very familiar when he won yesterday. Ah, there you go. The come on, Francis. It was a little more higher yeah, pitched, <laughs> but it was very much like Dad. Yeah, no, I love it. He's a great kid, Cruz, and, uh, you know, well done to... to to Cruz, you know, a, fa- a fantastic effort, not dropping a set the whole week uh, in his five matches. So I know mum and dad were very proud um, and, uh, you know, the whole family. So, uh, you know, let's uh, fingers crossed for Hughes, I think, uh, for Cruz and, um, you know, we'll be barracking for him. Francis, for those who have never seen him play or even hit, I mean, how, how would you just sort of describe him? He's been obviously around the scene. I had a look at him about 12 months ago, hit at the back blocks of Melbourne Park there, and he's been in and around Leighton when he's been travelling on the road. And he's hit with, obviously, a lot of the Aussie players, some international players across the journey. So he's been exposed at a very, very young age. And obviously, there's some real tennis genes there. But how would you sort of just describe him as a player? Uh, I wish I watched more tennis during the week, Brett, and, um, you know, I wasn't stuck in the office, but uh, from the very small amount that I saw, look, you know, Cruz just, uh, you know, he's just grinding, like he's, um, you know, very similar, um, you know, to what Leighton might have been, you know, back then, you know, you just get a lot of balls back, um, still at 12 and under, I mean, no one's really developed any weapons as as yet in the, uh, in the 12 and under space, so, um, you know, but he's got, he's had that grounding, I suppose, of, you know, starting really young and and having, you know, a great team behind him and, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, like you said, uh, he's just going to 
have those opportunities, you know, to hit with, you know, other players perhaps, um, you know, around the world and, uh, you know, and just be exposed to that level or, you know, just see it firsthand. So it's got to be, you know, an advantage at this stage. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, he's certainly taken taken that advantage um, last week in Canberra. He certainly has. And and for the other uh, winners, maybe just a, a word or two about them. And obviously, it's, it's a big uh, a big event, isn't it? It's a real uh, chance to put yourself in lights and make a bit of a name for yourself. It's one of a few big sort of uh, prestigious junior tournaments in Australia. Uh, this one on the clay. I think there's the Grass Court Championships uh, later in the year. So getting exposed to all the different surfaces. But it's a big week when uh, you know the 12th and 14s come into one place. So everyone trying to obviously uh you know put their best foot forward yeah yeah absolutely it is um it is a big week on the on the calendar uh for the for the 12 and unders and 14 under um age group you know we try and say you know it's not the end of the journey if you win or lose you know in those events because you know it's a long journey as everyone knows um junior tennis and you know um but there's a lot of great names on those perpetual trophies that everyone was looking at uh, uh yesterday at the finals day and uh you know we even had Lee too there who was um, champion of the 12 and under clay courts and uh, in 2008 I believe it was and he was reflecting on some great memories there um, you know at those types of national events and, and working your way through the journey so um, I think you know just overall everyone was really just happy being back at a national tournament or the first one in 15 months since um, you know with with COVID lockdowns and border um, issues. So, you know, it was just great to have everyone back. I think everyone was really appreciative um, of the opportunity, um, especially the Queenslanders, because it was touch and go there only a couple of weeks ago whether the Queensland kids could uh, make it to the event. So uh, it was great to see Talia and uh, and Lily uh, from Queensland in the girls take that opportunity. And, and, and they certainly mentioned that in their, in their speeches yesterday, that they were just very thankful of, um, you know, restrictions easing just in time um, as well. Absolutely. Just before I let you go, uh, the the Australian Pro Tour. Can you give me? Can you shed any light on when that's going to come back uh, this year, um, Francis? Oh, look, we yeah, we we need the the international borders to reopen. Um, so we, uh, you know, I think uh, a lot of industries are certainly waiting upon um, you know those restrictions to ease from from government. Um, so. It's uh, it's just going to be a wait and see approach, I guess, on that front. Um, but we do have the UTR Pro Series yep. um, taking place, and it's taking place in Canberra um, this week over the next couple of weeks, and then okay. and then in South Australia. So um, there's plenty of opportunities, like there was last year, and um, it was great, you know, just talking to those players that were were arriving um, yesterday into Canberra as well, and seeing them face to face. I think they're just um, still happy about playing tennis and earning some prize money, and and look, just yeah, hope hopeful that the world sort of tour kicks off again in Australia um, very very soon. That'd be great. Hey, thank you for just shedding a little bit of light on the uh, Clay Court Championships. Uh, appreciate your time. Yeah, and I did see Nick around the Canberra Tennis Centre during the week and it was great for him to come down and, uh, you know, he's still training hard and uh, and it was great. He was watching some of the matches and supporting the kids, taking plenty of selfies and, and autographs um, for the kids out there. They, they really loved it and, and it was great buzz having, you know, even, you know, Leighton was there, of course, and yep. uh, and Nick and, and lots of other players. So it was fantastic. Yeah, great stuff. Thank you, Francis. Francis Sawyer, Tournament Director of the Clay Court Championships and I've just been told, uh, Kiri, I sort of indicated on his uh, Instagram this week, but uh, it looks like maybe US Open time is when we might see Nick later in the year. But uh, let's see how the year unfolds. Just before the break, I was watching a video today. The ambidextrous young gun from Bulgaria, 
Uh, you've got to see this video. Not great for radio, but look it up on YouTube when you get a second. Making an absolute name for himself. His name's uh, Teodar uh, Davidov. He's uh, under 12s, playing at the, well, as they'd say in America, the Adidas, uh, Easter Bowl there in San Diego. He never hits a backhand, this kid. And Paul McNamee's quote was, I've always felt that it's the next development in tennis, having two King the Dahl forehands. So uh, have a look at it. It's a, it's a freakish talent that he's got. Speaking of someone a little different, also we put this out on our socials uh, today. So check it out on uh, the first serve, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Um, Sapfo Sakel Bavidi, I probably haven't quite said that correctly, of Greece. So she's only 18 years of age. ITF ranking in the 600s. Now, I just stumbled across this on a live stream and I then worked back and this has sort of been making news the last couple of months, but the lowest ball toss you've seen, it's like a slice serve, try and picture that, it is sides, like a side spin shot. It is just absolutely bizarre, but she's actually having a bit of success. So her opponents are finding it quite tricky to play her. And we know that uh, there's some players uh, with different serves in the game, Shea Suwei, that makes it a little difficult to play her. So uh, grab a look at that on YouTube as well. Uh, a quick break. We'll uh, come back. A few other things to tidy up the show. First serve tennis sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to the first serve, a Monday night that it always races through. Did he call himself a tennis professor? He did. Very funny, Mark at North Bull and Tony in the Dale. He said a lot, didn't he, in that uh, six or seven, eight minutes. He's going to be coaching Felix Auger, Aliassine, the young Canadian French Open latest. We know it's been delayed a week to start May 30 through to June 13, qualities to start May 24. So the issue at the moment, because they're going to uh, delay it a week, that runs into the ATP 250 in Stuttgart. They're hell-bent on going ahead in the second week of the French. The ATP WTA event in Hertogenbosch and the WTA 250 in Nottingham, uh, which will now coincide with that second week of the French, they're not so convinced. There's a lot of discussions going on behind the scenes. Do we move totally so we've got our own window? So Stuttgart will stay. Hertogenbosch and Nottingham are keen to move. A bit to play out, uh, certainly with uh, the French Open. What about Sergian Djokovic, the father of the reigning Australian Open champion? The motor mouth himself. Well, um, he's been known to make a few exaggerated claims against his son's rival, Roger Federer, uh, throughout the years. Now, according to the UK Sun, uh, Sergian once again aimed his verbal barbs at Federer. In an interview with Serbian TV channel K1, the elder Djokovic made the extraordinary claim that Federer attacked his son when Djokovic was a rising teenage player. About 15 years ago, Federer attacked my son when he was still young. He was 18 or 19 years of age, the elder Djokovic said, in an unsubstantiated claim. I knew someone would be there who would be better than him. So I said that Federer was a great champion, the best at the time, but as much as he's a great champion, Federer is not such a good man. The elder Djokovic, who has frequently complained publicly about the lack of respect he feels that his son receives compared to Federer, continued those opinions in the interview. He blames most of it, of course, on the media. It is obvious that foreign media outlets do not have the best opinion of us and think that we are constantly bothering them. To tell you the truth, I don't want to be part of your twisted world. I'm sorry you don't like Novak. I just tell you the truth. What should I do? They defame him so much and say so many disgusting things about him that it's unbelievable. 
My answers are much clearer compared to those, uh, compared to how they treat this great champion, that they won't have a gain in this world. He's never short of a headline, uh, Djokovic uh, Senior, uh, that is for sure. Uh, Linda Pierce, who has joined our team, she was on our show last week, esteemed tennis journalists. If you haven't read her piece, The State of Australian Tennis, head to our website, thefirstserve.com.au. Go to our news section because uh, that is a really, really good read uh, from uh, last week. So that just about uh, wraps us up. Of course, uh, Yarra Tennis Coaching, I need to mention them. Uh, Melbourne's Independent Tennis Coaching Program at Eaglemont Tennis Club, run by Shane Scrutton. Programs for every age and standard. You can contact Shane, 0414 373586 or check out au. Alex Demonor's not happy in Monte Carlo with the weather conditions, what's happening with the clay courts. So he and Davidovich Fokina, try and say that a few times, 6-4, 4-all. Uh, first round, add on court number two. John Millman uh, has taken the first set of his match six games to three. Aslan Karatsev and uh, Musetti are going at it as well, but uh, it's inclement weather in uh, beautiful uh, Monte Carlo. We'll keep a, a very close eye on that. All thanks to Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialist, Asti Tennis Courts, trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. Check out aste.com.au. Great to have you, company. We'll do it again next Monday. Have a great week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.